The Bundesliga is back. We've shifted our focus from our weekly Premier League podcast to look at the German top flight. If you're looking to get back to betting on European soccer, you've come to the right place. Today I'm joined by Jake Osgathorpe from InfoGoal to help analyse the Bundesliga betting markets and see where the value might be. Hello and welcome back, Jake. Hi, Ben. Yeah, looking forward to digging into some live football. Yeah, it's, it's been a while, but um, we did our we did our special podcast last week where we, we talked about what might happen with the leagues across Europe and obviously not much has changed from what we knew there. The, the Eredivisie and, and Liga 1 seasons have been cancelled. Bundesliga returning back to action this weekend and it seems that the, the leagues across England, Spain and Italy are still hoping to get going, but a little bit of uncertainty still remains there. Um, but what um, what we'll do about is we can talk about some of the, the interesting co- outcomes from those simulations that we had. But we also talked a bit about what people might need to consider when, when the leagues do return. So obviously Bundesliga is back this weekend. We talked a little bit about the impact of home field advantage with things being games being behind closed doors and things like that. And obviously the concerns around fitness levels and, and potential fixture congestion. So... Have you done any research into into what to look out for when these when these leagues do come back, and, and what have your findings been? Yeah, so as, as you said, the main real thing that, that's going to happen across Europe and probably the world is is playing sporting events behind closed doors, so with no fans um, at, at stadiums. Which you know, most people when they think of home field advantage, the first thing they think of is the fans. They think that the, the fans are the, the the reason behind the. Um, you know, the majority of the home field advantage. Um, we actually did a study and that actually isn't the case. So there appears to be little or no benefit to be gained from having the bulk of the support um, in, in the stadium. So in terms of from a home field advantage perspective, the crowd actually doesn't bring too much to the equation. What is much more important from our, uh, our findings is the familiarity um, and the travel. So if you're playing a home game, I know this this obviously comes into the whole Premier League debate of the neutral venues and, and, and obviously we can save that for a later date. But uh, the findings actually suggest that the major uh, contributions for home field advantage are the familiarity with the surroundings in the stadium and the, the travel. So, you know, if you're playing at home, you don't have to travel very far. Um, you know, you're, you're used to everything, your changing rooms, uh, the pitch dimensions. It might sound silly, but the pitch dimensions um, and, and the other really big factor is is the testosterone level of protecting your home turf. Um, so th- those are the three major contributing factors. And for the Bundesliga, they're going to have those three major factors um, because they are going to be playing the games at home um, and obviously a- away from home. But if the Premier League was to restart at a neutral venue, not only would they have um, no crowds, which is a lim- little or no benefit for the home field advantage, but they also would have no familiarity um, and the travel would be against them because they'd be travelling to neutral venues. And do you think potentially, obviously, we've got a a divide of of quality in the in the leagues and Bundesliga specifically, elite teams obviously towards the top and those struggling down at the bottom. And one of the the key signifiers often tends to be money that that these teams have at their disposal, the amount they can they can invest in quality players and a, a wide selection of quality players. Do you think things like um, impact off the bench and, and strength in depth is, is going to be a major factor here for the re- remainder of the season? Um, I think so, yeah. It, it depends on the on the fixture schedule, obviously, because if if there are aims to get the season in within a, sort, a small time frame, then obviously you'd be playing midweek, weekend, midweek, weekend. So um, that's where a stronger squad would come into play. Um, but for the time being, I, I think that you know the players, all right, they're going to be well-rested 
whether they're going to be up to speed or not. I know the Bundesliga, they've been back training for close to a month now, so they'll be up to speed. But what we might see is we might see similar levels to what, what you would expect to see from the very start of the season. It has been a longer layoff than what the Bundesliga does have in a winter break. So uh, it might take them a few games maybe to get back into the swing of things, to get those relationships back up to top speed with you know, um, attacking players and, and the movements and all that sort of thing. So we might see a staggered, almost a staggered um, improvement in, in the quality um, and probably the goals in the Bundesliga. And as I said at the the start of the the show, we we tend to do a, a Premier League insights that obviously focuses on the Premier League. And now with Bundesliga back, it it makes sense to focus on that league. But that might be reflected in people who bet on those markets, who listen to this podcast as well. People might tend to to bet on the Premier League, Serie A or La Liga, and and Bundesliga might be something relatively new to them. So before we get into the the fixtures and the the standings of the league and things like that, is there is there anything that, that stands out for you for the for the Bundesliga specifically? I know it's quite unique in the number of teams in the league compared to other European leagues and the obviously the, the relegation playoff and there, there tends to be a perception that it's a higher scoring league. Is there, in terms of betting, is there things that people should consider with, with Bundesliga specifically? Yeah, you mentioned it there. The, the goals in the league are you know, notoriously high and that is because it is, you know, the, the, the German league is played so open. Um, all the teams play quite an open, expansive style with you know attack being their first form of defence, if you like. So that means that we do see plenty of goals and plenty of chances um, at both ends. It, the, there's an extreme high quality um, of player in the Bundesliga. So that what you will see when you watch the games is, is that although it's open and expansive, there is a lot of quality both in the attacking end and the defensive end. Um, and that obviously stems from... The, like I've said, the open style, um, most of the teams play out from the back, which is obviously a lot. you've seen a lot more teams in the Premier League trying to do that. But in the Bundesliga, that is the norm, really, um, which is why we see a huge number of defenders um, in our, through our non-shot expected goals model that, that show extremely high for the um, non-shot XG per 90 that's, that they've gained from passes because they are the, t- they are the players that, that drive the team up the pitch with um, breaking lines with the, with the passes. Um, so you'll see a lot of that, and you'll also see a lot of space for, um, you know, talented, quick, wide players to exploit. So it's a very it's just a generally all-round exciting league. One thing that we did look at this week though was how this break would affect the the scoring in the Bundesliga, because usually what we tend to see, um, if you take a league average for goals scored uh, throughout the season, we we tend to see that um, just before the winter break, the league average is is at its second highest point throughout the season for goals. Um, and then when you come back from the winter break, it's actually below the average up until the final month of the season in May, where the goals um, actually are at the highest point. And that sort of makes sense, given the fact that, you know, that teams perhaps haven't got anything to play for. There might be a rotation of squads so that managers can take a look at new players. Um, but the, what, we, what we're interested to see is how that will almost reflect on this season, where you've had unprecedented break in the middle of um, of the running or what would have been the running. Um, and we think that, the, that what we would probably see is something closer to at the very start of the season, where um, it, which would usually be August. Um, we would be seeing a, low, a below average number of goals for the month. So uh, what, we, what we're, from a, you know, a statistic point of view, is we're expecting a bit of a cagey restart. So this first week, you might see fewer goals than what may be expected. But as I've said before, once the season gets going and players start finding their feet again, 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see a ton of goals come from the Bundesliga. Uh, it is notoriously a high-scoring league. So, yeah, this weekend it might be a little bit cagey, but moving forward, expect the, the quality and the standards to increase and the goals to flow. And we're, what, 25 games into the season now. How is the, the table looking? I think it's it's fairly tight at the top, isn't it? A little bit. Teams a little bit adrift at the bottom, but still some some relegation candidates down there. So how's the the table looking as a whole for you? Yeah, so you said it's tight at the top. Bayern Munich have got a four-point cushion at the moment to uh, Borussia Dortmund in second. Leipzig are a further point behind. So they're the three, really, that have been up there all season long. Borussia Mönchengladbach are the surprise package almost. Um, they are only six points off top. They, they've been extremely impressive, especially at home this season. Uh, but they're looking over the shoulders recently because Bayer Leverkusen have come out of nowhere to um, put some real pressure on them in fourth. They, I think they've won eight of the last 11. Um, but the, t- the title race in the top four battle, the, there's some really crucial head-to-head matches to um, to consider for the rest of the season. So Dortmund hosts Bayern Munich and, and they have to visit Leipzig. Uh, Bayern Munich also have to face Leverkusen and Gladbach as well as Dortmund. Um, so, you know, the schedule could really dictate where the title goes. As we mentioned in the previous podcast, from a percentage chance perspective, we make Bayern Munich really strong favourites to press home their advantage and, and win the title. We give them an 84% chance of doing so. Um, below the top five, you know, the, in, in the Bundesliga, you get an extra place. There's six places um, getting to Europe. Uh, at the moment, six spot is occupied by Schalke, who are managed by um, former Huddersfield coach David Wagner. Um, they're actually in a false position according to expected goals, which makes them a really interesting team. We make them only the 15th best team in the league, despite them sitting sixth. They're just a point clear of Wolfsburg and Freiburg, and Hoffenheim are a further point behind uh, before we see a little bit of a drop off from ninth um, to to tenth. So top six is a really interesting battle, also. Um, and then the relegation battle is is probably a little bit more cut and dry. You would you would expect you've got Paderborn, who are rock bottom of the table, uh, the team with the lowest budget in the Bundesliga. But a very exciting team to watch, nonetheless. They have their own way of doing things. Um, they're very direct, and obviously they've picked up a few eye-catching results so far this season. Um, they're bottom on 16 points. They are six points off 16th, which, as you mentioned, is the relegation playoff. And then a surprise name in 17th is Werder Bremen, um, a team that you would expect usually to be around the mid-table. They're, they're four points behind the, uh, the Fortuna Dusseldorf, who occupy the relegation playoff place. And they're further four points behind Mainz. So at the moment, the, the three bottom three in the Bundesliga are a little bit cut adrift. Uh, but Fortuna Dusseldorf were showing signs before the break that they were going to catch uh, Mainz, or they were at least they weren't losing matches. I think they lost one of the last six games. So um, you know they're, they're a team that were trending in the right direction. But it's you know it's all to play for in all three of those categories, which makes it a really interesting and exciting end to the season. Well, I'm Jake. I'm eager to get going. I'm sure our listeners want us to talk about the fixtures. At last, we can talk about some actual soccer matches. So, you ready to go? Yeah, yeah, let's get stuck in. Well, I think the best place to start is Borussia Dortmund hosting Schalke in the Revier derby. Uh, Not really surprising to see Dortmund as favourites of this there. 1.552, which is just over 60% chance of victory. Schalke around 15% and the draw is a bit shy of 25%. The odds have actually slightly shortened on the draw, which is perhaps playing into that caginess that you said we might see on the return. But you can see why the home side are the favourites here. Unbeaten at home, they scored plenty of goals. Schalke really struggle on the road, winless in their last six trips away from home. And as you just said there, they, they stand out as one of the biggest overperformers in, in terms of expected goals. So 
Is this one a, a straightforward Dortmund win, do you think? Uh, we, we think so, yeah. We give Dortmund a 65% chance of getting the win. So, um, you know, that, that that itself represents good value. And like you said, they're, they're a team that's create plenty of good chances on a regular basis. Obviously, they've got the, you know, the extreme talent of um, Erling Haaland up front, who, who's joined in January and, uh, and you know, scored a hatful of goals already. Jaden Sancho is another player that is obviously well-known. Um, and he's been excellent all season long. So they, they've got some serious firepower. Um, they, from an expected goals perspective, they're, they're averaging 2.4 expected goals four per game uh, at home. So they, they are a much better team at home than they are on the road. Um, and as you, we've both spoken about already, Schalke are almost in a false position. They are you know, sixth in the table, and that is hugely flattering to them based on their... Um, based on the performances that we've seen so far this season, they, the rank is only the 15th best team in the league. Um, they're a team that do struggle to create. 30 expected goals created in 25 matches, so that they, they're not one of the league's best attacking teams. And from a defensive standpoint, they're not one of the best defensive teams either. Um, they really are a bottom half team. Um, but this is a derby, so you know things will be extremely heightened. Obviously, the lack of fans is, is going to be... Um, Interesting because it is a derby game. Um, obviously, it'll take the atmosphere away while you're watching it on the television. But um, we don't think it'll affect Dortmund too much. We still think that they'll um, get the three points. From a, a, a got looking at the goals angle, we're at fifty-eight uh, percent chance of over two and a half goals, which is pretty much in line with what what's available on um, on the market. And both teams to score. We actually think there's a fifty-two percent chance compared to around fifty-four percent on the market. So perhaps looking at um, opposing both teams to score in a comfortable home win. That's where we're looking. But the major value play is to get on board with Dortmund, even though they are a, a fairly short price. We think they'll um, they'll beat their old rivals here. Yeah, you mentioned Sancho there, obviously the, the standout performer and, and Haaland contributing a fair share, albeit in a, a relatively short space of time. Is it when you mentioned about Bayern Munich being still heavily fancied to, to win the title, despite it being fairly close, is it? Is it to do with Dortmund's overperformance? Is it uh, over-reliance on contribution from the likes of Sancho and Haaland? For sure, it's both. Um, I mean, Bayern Munich are, from a, an underlying numbers perspective, they're in a, a league of their own, really. Um, RB Leipzig are actually the closest contenders for, for, that, um, for that spot. But Dortmund, like you said, they've, they've overperformed massively. They've scored 68 times from uh, chances equating to 47.6 expected goals. And, you know, if you look at some of the individual players and, and what they've Growing up, you've got Erling Haaland who scored nine goals um, in around 500 minutes of football, which is staggering. And he's done that from chances equaling 4.7 expected goals. So, you know, he's almost scored double what would be expected from the chances he's been on the end of. And the same can be said for Jaden Sancho, who scored 14 goals from 7.4 expected goals. So, you know, as a team, they've been extremely clinical um, in attack this season. Uh, and you know it, that was the case last season as well. Um, they were they were the team that were leading the Bundesliga last season for long a really long stretch before um, you know the, almost it's hard to put your finger on just saying that it was regression. But you know it, they were massively overperforming. I think they were about fifth or fourth in our expected goals table last season while they were top, and, and they ended up um, stalling towards the end of the season. And Bayern Munich caught them, and uh, I won't be surprised to see something similar happen here. Um, as we mentioned, they've got some tough games coming up um, on the schedule in the remaining nine fixtures. But we think this is going to be a, a, you know, a, a pretty good game for them to get back out there um, and to get a, a, a comfortable win against a Schalke team that really have performed poorly. Right, so now we've got Augsburg versus Wolfsburg. And 
I think Wolfsburg are one of the teams that have been a bit unfortunate this season, perhaps deserve to be a little bit higher up the table. They do boast a good head-to-head record against Augsburg. Both teams, though, have been struggling for form before the, the season was performed. It's no win in five for Augsburg, two draws and a loss in the last three matches for Wolfsburg. This one, the, the market is fairly evenly split. Augsburg are a 3.31, which is around a 30% chance of victory. The draw, 3.38, which is just under 29%. And Wolfsburg are the, the 2.30 favourites with a 41% chance of victory. No major moves on the market just yet, but betters certainly are leaning towards the under 2.5. So is there any anything that stands out in the major markets for you in this one? Yeah, we really like Wolfsburg in this one. Um, you know, we spoke last week and uh, and we looked at the simulations and and for us anyway, Wolfsburg are, are one of the better teams in the division. Um, from an expected goal standpoint, they rank as the fifth best team in the league, actually higher than Bayer Leverkusen, which is which is quite interesting. And like you said, they have been a little bit unfortunate this season with um, you know based on the performances, they should be higher in the table. Uh, they create good chances regular basis, um, but we you know one thing they haven't been doing so often is actually converting those chances. They have one of the best defences in the league, though, which obviously stands them in really good stead moving towards the end of the season. Conceding just 1.2 expected goals against per game. That's actually the second best defensive record in the league um, behind only RB Leipzig, according to expected goals. So uh, they're a team that we really like. They've, um, you know, you said there that they've got no win last three, but if you look at the Bundesliga games alone, they've actually been beaten in six. They've won three of those and drawn two, but one of the draws came at Leipzig, which um, obviously is, is a, a decent point all in itself. Uh, the other reason we quite fancy Wolfsburg is is because Augsburg are one of the teams that are in, you know, they're in a little bit of a false position. We've got them in, in mid-table. Um, they are, like we said, just above the relegation zone. Five points they are above, so they're, they're comfortably going to stay up this season. Um, but from a defensive standpoint, they are really, really bad. They've conceded 52 goals this season, which is the um, fourth most in the in the entire Bundesliga. They've conceded an average of 1.9 expected goals against per game, so they are really leaky. Um, and they're not as potent in attack as most of the teams in the Bundesliga. We've just said it's quite an attacking league, um, and they rank as, uh, as in the bottom half for expected goals for per game. So... Um, Wolfsburg are the team we like. We're giving them a 50% chance of winning, so around 2.0 um, compared to around 42% on the market. So Wolfsburg is the main bet. But like you said, the the under two and a half goals is coming for some money recently, and, and we find that quite surprising. We've got the over two and a half goals at 59%. So um, you know, if you if you that is um, you know it's quite a discrepancy. 59%. The market's around 50%. So. Over two and a half is also fancied, uh, and we also like both teams to score. So, you know, goals and a Wolfsburg win. But the main bet, really, for from an expected goals perspective, is just to get on side with Wolfsburg. We think they're the much better team in this one. Yeah, the the action on the under two point five certainly jumps out to me as well. And I think perhaps do you think we're seeing this almost? People aren't used to the the behind closed doors thing and the such a prolonged period off for players and maybe we're seeing a bit of overstating the impact of what it's like to play without fans or to play after a long break. Do you think people are maybe buying into that too much? I think so, yeah. It, it was the case last week. Um, I think it was, it was the K-League that started last week and um, the team that had won the, the K-League the previous season, John Book, they they were playing at home in the first game. They should have been around maybe 1 to 2, 1. 
Um, and they actually went off around 1.8. And I, I think that the drift was solely because the uh, they were playing behind closed doors. But as we spoke about at the very start of the podcast, um, playing behind closed doors isn't actually that much of a um, of a detriment to the to the home team. What is the main driver of home field advantage um, is, is the familiarity with the stadium, with the changing rooms, um, defending the home patch, which is obviously the testosterone um, and the and the travel. So. From from a data perspective, we don't think that there's too much, um, you know, the, the the playing behind closed doors shouldn't really affect the prices too much. So, um, you know, obviously works in our favour if if you think that like like we do in the sense that you're going to find more value because people are being a little bit more cautious. Um, so, for example, maybe the Wolfsburg, if we were playing it, if it was obviously a normal scenario and fans were in the stadium, Wolfsburg might be around even money to win um, away at Augsburg, but because it's or maybe a little bit bigger, um, but you know, obviously Wolfsburg. We just think that they're the better of the two teams. We don't think that the home field advantage makes too much of a difference. So we've got this priced up pretty much the same as what we would expect if the, if the fans were in the stadium. Well, our, our next fixture is Fortuna Düsseldorf versus uh, Paderborn, a really important game here at the bottom of the table. And despite what the data says, I'm sure people will argue that it's one where. Dusseldorf might miss the the home fans cheering them on to to get a result. They they currently up, occupy that that relegation playoff spot in sixteenth. They have a great chance to get three points because because Paderborn are, are really struggling at the bottom of the league. The the worst team in the league. I don't think there's any arguments against that. But it's an interesting one because Dusseldorf struggle for goals. Paderborn Paderborn can't seem to keep a clean sheet. They've only managed three shutouts in the twenty five games this season. So. One of those came in at the 2-0 win against Dusseldorf in the reverse fixture. Plenty like feeding into this game. It's not two of the top teams, but it is a really intriguing matchup. So what what does Infogol make of this? Yeah, it, it is one of the more intriguing matchups of the weekend. Uh, like you've said, you've got two teams that are struggling and have been struggling. Um, and it is it's a bigger, probably a bigger game for Fortuna Dusseldorf than it is for Paderborn. Obviously, Paderborn's situation, they are... Um, you know, they're six points behind Fortuna. So to be fair, if, if Paderborn were to get the win, then all of a sudden they pull themselves within um, touching distance of the relegation playoff. But arguably, it's a, it's a can't afford to lose for both teams. Um, Fortuna, as I said, they've lost just one of the last six uh, Bundesliga games heading into the um, the fourth suspension. But they lost the XG battle in, in five of six of those six games. So their performances actually weren't um, weren't deserving of the results that they, they, they picked up. So um, from an expected goals perspective, they sit 17th in the, in our XG table for a reason. And that's because they're the worst attacking team in the league, according to expected goals, um, and then the worst defensive team in the league. They actually boast the worst expected goal difference um, by around eight goals. So from a, a chance creation and a, and a chance conceding perspective, they are the worst team in the league. Only Paderborn, sit below them in the XG table purely because they've um, picked up fewer expected points, uh, which means that when they were beaten, they were beaten quite well. Um, like you said, it's a huge game. We don't really rate either team too highly. Uh, from Paderborn, you know, the, it, when you watch them play, they're a really entertaining side and, and that they almost come across a little bit naive in, in their play that they just go toe-to-toe uh, -to -toe with some of the big teams and, and obviously sometimes it can pay off. But most of the time, you're going to be outgunned by the likes of Bayern Munich, which we saw um, three games before the the uh, season was suspended. They went to Bayern Munich and they 
gave them a real scare. One one at half time, they ended up losing only three two, um, creating some decent chances in that one. So they they are a very capable team when they want to be Paderborn. But uh, as I said, the main re- the main thing we we think about this is it's two poor teams. We actually rate Dusseldorf um, worse than what the market is. So we're giving them only a forty two percent chance of of getting the win compared to around forty five percent. So instead, we're finding our value in, in the over two and a half market where we think there's a 59% chance of seeing uh, three or more goals compared to around 53% on the, on the market. So goals is where we're looking um, and it's not too bad a price either. Usually when Paderborn play, there are goals because like I've said, they are wide open. They don't sit back and defend. Um, you know, they go for the jugular every, every single game and, and Fortuna to some extent, we have seen that as well in the last six matches with a, a you know four one defeat and a three three draw uh, in between some um, some cagey draws. So I think the goals is is the safest play in this one. I wouldn't be going anywhere near either team in the one x two market. And you said there about that that style of play from Paderborn. I'm just wondering, do you think potentially? I know you said that they gave Bayern Munich a good run for their money, but they're one of their few wins has come against their opponents that they're playing this weekend. Is it is it perhaps that style is more suited to to play against the lower ranked teams in the league? Do you think and potentially feeding into that idea of Fortuna Düsseldorf aren't too far above them? It it could pay off in this kind of fixture. Yeah, there's definitely some some scope to that argument. Um, obviously, when you come up against the better teams and you're going toe for toe, they've got higher quality players um, to hurt you on the defensive end than than what a Fortuna Düsseldorf would do. So. Um, I think in these sorts of games, Paderborn can take a few more chances and get away with them um, a little bit more often. So, yeah, their chances of getting something are probably um, a little bit higher uh, in these sorts of games than against the better teams. Uh, I would also point out that from a one in the 1x2 market, we, we're quite short on the draw because we think that there's um, you know that there's going to be quite a lot of goals in it in the game. So the draw percentage is only 25%, uh, which means you've got 33% chance of a Paderborn win. So if you're looking for a bet in the 1x2 market, it would either be just opposing Dusseldorf straight up um, or getting on board with Paderborn double chance. Yeah, I think we're getting to that stage of the season where a draw does does no good for either of these two teams, really, does it? Exactly, yeah. Right, so RB Leipzig versus Freiburg is up next. And Leipzig, certainly one of the elite teams in the leagues, currently third, but but second best on the league based on expected goals, as you said. They're, they are only five points off Bayern Munich, but unlikely based on like we said your simulations and the Bayern Munich's underlying performance that they get they're going to be able to challenge the leaders also in the quarterfinals of the Champions League whether or not that does happen they they demolished Tottenham in that so they're they're probably going to be a bit disappointed that the season stalled given how well it was going for them Freiburg on the other hand I mean trying to think of a way to describe them distinctly average probably but in fact, they're they're probably a little bit worse than that based on the underlying performance. Quite an up and down season. Lack of goals has has been the key part of their struggles. Had a look early and it was Niels Peterson there, their top scorer on eight goals, but but he hasn't scored in the last eight games. The market suggests it's going to be a routine win for Leipzig here. They're they're firm favourites at one point three two, nearly seventy percent chance of the win. Is there any value on the one x two, or or are you looking towards the total goals markets for this one? Yeah, uh, there is value in the one x two, and and that is in in back in Leipzig, even though they're a short price. We we think they've got a much better chance of winning than the market. We we've got them at an eighty percent chance compared to the seventy percent. So we're really big fans of Leipzig. Um, as we've said already, they're the second best team in the league according to expected goals. 
they are only just behind Bayern Munich in terms of uh, underlying process. So Leipzig are creating 2.3 expected goals a game um, and, also, and conceding just 1.17, which is the lowest in the league. So the best defence, the second best attack, um, they really are a serious team uh, or a team that should be taken seriously. I, I, you pointed out already the two-leg affair against Tottenham, which was just so one-sided, pretty much showcased to the entire European football community that Leipzig are a team that do need to be watched uh, and watched closely. And we think they'll make light work of Freiburg. Freiburg, they had a good win just before the break, uh, which moved them back into contention for that sixth spot. But like Schalke, who we spoke about earlier, um, they're actually in a false position. We, we've got them as this third worst team in, in the Bundesliga, according to expected goals. So, um, you know, their process really is poor. They are a team that concede a ton of chances, of over two expected goals against per game. Uh, they're another team like Freiburg that just play such an expansive open style of, of football that you do see chances at both ends quite regularly. And I won't be surprised to see something similar here, but probably with more chances at the Freiburg end than the, the, the Leipzig end. So, like I've said, that Leipzig to win is, is the main bet, although it is a short price. Um, but we're also expecting a lot of goals. We've got a 75% chance of over two and a half in this one. And that is just because you've got one of the best attacks versus one of the worst defences. Um, so we're at 75% of over two and a half compared to around 60% on the market. Uh, but the both teams to score isn't as, is nowhere near as strong. We're at a 52% chance of that compared to around 50% on the market. So, uh, you know, a high scoring home win. I wouldn't be surprised if Leipzig kept uh, another clean sheet. If you look at the last, um, the last four league games uh, or four of the last Sorry, it's right. Three of the last four league games they've kept clean sheets in. So um they were getting they were clicking defensively just before the break. I've no reason to suspect that some that anything will have changed. Yeah, and you mentioned one of the, the best attacks there, obviously Timo Werner, crucial to that. And I find it strange that transfer rumours are hotting up, but there's a lot of talk about him going to Liverpool, slightly off topic, but what do you think to that? Good fit, someone that, that Leipzig's obviously gonna miss. Is that is that something that can happen, do you think? Yeah, he'd be a huge miss um, for Leipzig. Obviously, he contributed 28 goals this season, 12, uh, 21 goals, seven assists. Um, you know, his expected goals output has been phenomenal year on year. Um, he's a really exciting player. He's really, really quick. His movement's excellent. He's very direct um, um, and he's an excellent dribbler. He can play off the left. He can play down the middle. He'd be a great fit for someone like Liverpool. Um, my only doubt really is that would he get game time given the fact that Mane, Salah and Firmino are pretty much nailed on to start. Um, that, that'd be the only thing going against um, a Werner move to, to Liverpool would be the, the obviously the playing time unless they move one of, one of the big three on. We'll move on to Hoffenheim versus Hertha Berlin and we've got two teams here that are hovering around mid-table with, with little to play for now. Hertha are just six points clear of the relegation playoff spot but I think they've they played well enough this season to not be too concerned about that. Hoffenheim are the favourites for this one, but they're on a five-match winless run and, and they have also conceded the joint most goals at home in the league. So, Hertha Berlin probably fancied their chances here. Um, the away sides, they're also unbeaten in their last five trips on the road and they, they were an entertaining side in the matches leading up to the, the league rounding to a halt with scorelines of 3-1, 2-1, 5-0, 3-3 and 2-2. Unsurprisingly, the market likes the look of goals with 2.5 and 3 currently available at 2.02. 2.02. 2. 
Do you think there's any value in the 1x2 here? Perhaps Hertha are looking for that extra push to all but guarantee safety or, or maybe value in the goals markets? Uh, we've, we've got value in both, really. Um, like you've just said there, the, the, the hosts Hoffenheim are odds against favourites for this one. We've actually got them as odds on, according to our model. So um, we've got them at a 54% chance of getting, the ho- uh, of getting a win. Uh, like you've said, the, the, both teams are hugely entertaining. Um, Hoffenheim, they had, you know, they basically in the summer, they had a real reshuffle. They sold on a lot of the players that, that did so well for them. Um, I think Amiri went to Leverkusen, obviously Joel Linton, who, who's now at, uh, at Newcastle. But they had a, a real reshuffle in the summer. It's been slow to to get going for them, and, and you could argue it hasn't really got going. Um, but, you know, they're a team that do create plenty of good chances, which always gives them a chance um, in, in matches. What else can you say about them? That Defensively, they are one of the poorest teams in the league, nearly averaging nearly two expected goals against per game. Uh, but like I've said, from an attacking standpoint, they, are, they, you know, they throw everything at you, which is probably why they're so, uh, so poor in defence. They're, they're a mid-table team. Um, and like you said, Hertha are another team that are mid-table. So... Um, we we see this as quite an even game. The home field advantage obviously comes into play, um, in which we've got Hoffenheim. Quite, you know, even despite the fact that they are one of the worst teams in the league on on basic home form, um, you know, their expected perform expected results at, at home haven't been as bad as as the performance would suggest. Hertha Berlin they went through a really strange um, couple of months just before this the season was suspended. Obviously, you remember Jurgen Klinsmann was in charge at one point, um, uh, and then he basically couldn't get. Oh, some sort of power struggle going off in the back end, to which point he, um, you know, he resigned his post. But they made some interesting signings in in the January window, bringing in uh, Christoph Piontek, who was obviously linked with an, a number of big European clubs um, in the last summer window. So they've got a, a decent roster uh, at Hertha, but one thing it's just not clicked for them just yet this season. It's been quite a disappointing one, given the fact that they were taken over by, um, you know. A, Real cash cash strapped investor. They, like you've said, very entertaining on the road. Um, we don't expect anything different here. Conceding good chances regularly, um, and we think that you know the, we we think goals at both ends, but we think that Hoffenheim ultimately will have too much firepower, uh, which is why we've got them as strong favourites. We also think goals is, is, is huge value. We've got a seventy percent chance of over two and a half, compared to fifty four percent on the market, um, and a seventy percent chance of both teams to score. So. Really high-scoring game is expected here, like I've said, mainly because Hoffenheim, they can't defend, but they score plenty of goals and, you know, Hertha Berlin are following suit. Well, our, our next fixture is Eintracht Frankfurt versus Borussia Mönchengladbach, another one that, that Pinnacle has pretty evenly split. The home side are priced at 3.02, which is nearly 32% chance of victory. The draw is 3.48, which is around 28%, and the away side are the, the 2.41 favourites, and that gives them a 40% chance of victory. I think for for this one, I mean, it's clear that that Borussia Mönchengladbach are the the better team. They've they've been consistent all season. They they deserve to be at least fourth best, based on their their underlying performance. Third is arguably arguably a, a better reflection of what we've seen from them this season. Frankfurt are, are also probably a bit better than their p- position suggests. I think they're currently twelfth in the league, but for them, it's really been the away form that that stands out as the reason they aren't higher up the table. They they're obviously going to be one team that rely on that home field advantage more than most in the league. Do you do you think the odds are a fair reflection of the two teams here? 
Uh, we don't. We, we've actually got Frankfurt as favourites um, to win this one. And I, and I think that what might have happened here is that is the same thing as we were discussing earlier with the lack of fans in the stadium perhaps having an effect on the market. And uh, I think that that has come into play in this game. I think if, it, if, if this was a normal game with fans um, attending as, as usual, then I think Gladbach would probably not be favourites. Um, I think it would be very close as it is now, but I think it would be in Frankfurt's favour because Frankfurt, when they get that place rocking, it is really, really loud, the atmosphere. Um, obviously, the like we've, we've discussed the crowd isn't making too much of an impact from a statistical standpoint. So that's why we've still got um, you know the home field advantage played um, quite heavily in Frankfurt's favour. So it's almost flipped the market, if you like. We, you know, we think there's goals in this again, which is why the draw is so small at 23%. Um, but we've got Frankfurt as 40% favourites. Um, you know, they had a real disappointment in the Europa League in the just before the, uh, the the suspension of the Bundesliga, losing to Basel 3-0, and, and you know that was just after a 4-0 hammering at Bayer Leverkusen as well. So they weren't playing too well in terms of results. They're, um, you know, if you even if you look at their schedule, the Leverkusen has been on there recently. Dortmund, um, they are actually the worst away team in the league, and both of those games came away from home. But um, at home, we've seen, um, you know, we've we've seen enough from them to suggest that they are one of the league's better home teams. They've got an expected goal difference of uh, of eight point eight, which is the sixth best in the in the entire Bundesliga. Um, you know, and they, they're creating over two two point two expected goals per game, so they are a much dangerous team at, at home than they are away from home, which obviously bodes well in this game and they've got some talented players but like Hoffenheim they were a team that had to go undergo a, a real facelift in the summer they lost Luka Jovic to Real Madrid obviously the um, Sebastian Haller who was one of their top scorers last season went to West Ham uh, and Ante Rebic also went uh, went to AC Milan and they were their three main um, attacking players so replacing them and, and finding players that, that fit into the system has been tough but right now they've got um, Baz Dost who, who's was signed, I think, from Sporting Lisbon, and he he's been pretty good this season. Maybe not as 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 prolific as what might have been um, expected. Andre Silva has also come in, the Portuguese international. Uh, but one player that stood out really from uh, from Frankfurt is um, another Portuguese international, Paciencia, who's who's really been the driving force behind their um, you know their campaign in both the Europa League and Bundesliga. Because you know, let's face it, they're not too far away from the relegation zone or the relegation playoff place. Uh, I think it's only six points. So, um, you know, they, they've been, that that uplift has almost it stalled them because they were a team that were really on the on the march, <clears throat> obviously finishing um, sixth in the league. They won the uh, Deutsche Pokal, which is obviously the German Cup. Um, so they, they've been stalled recently because of some serious transfer upheaval. But they're still a good team there. And, um, you know, they've still got the, makings of, of, of that team that went all the way to the Europa League semi-finals last season. They just need to unlock some of that potential. Um, just like Borussia Mönchengladbach have this season. They, they were a team just like Frankfurt last season and the season before, teetering on the edge of, of doing something really special. Um, and, and they've clicked into gear this season under a really, really good coach. Um, and they are one of the best attacking teams in the league and they're definitely one of the best to watch. Um, the only thing that they've got going against them is, is their away form where uh, you know they've won only six of their twelve away matches compared to uh, nine of the thirteen home matches. So they are really a team that much prefer playing at home than, than on the road. Um, we think this is going to be a tight game. It's going to be an entertaining one. But 
we're giving the edge slightly to Frankfurt. Um, but goals are expected, as I've said, and, and although it's short on the market, the over two and a half goals, around 58%, we, we think there's a 66% chance of goals, uh, of three or more goals, sorry, in this one. And both teams to score is also uh, flagging up as value. So a high scoring game. Um, if, if you're not too confident on Frankfurt, you could perhaps put them in the double chance market um, and, and get the draw on side as well. But from a that you know the best value bet that I, from my perspective anyway is, is to side with goals. I think the two really strong attacking teams. Um, Gladbach aren't aren't as good in defence as the teams up and around them, the Dortmunds, the Bayern Munichs, and the Leipzig's. Uh, Frankfurt will cause some problems. So back goals in this one. And I know we're we're talking a little bit about kind of narratives here and very small samples, but you often hear phrases like teams hitting a purple patch or, or getting stuck in a rut. And the, the really interesting thing here is that teams might have been right in the middle of that purple patch or that rut. And then obviously the, the games got, got called off and postponed for a, a long period of time. What are your thoughts on how that might impact teams? Is it if someone was was struggling for form before the break, is it a good thing that they've had a lot of time to regroup, rethink? And potentially, is it is it a bad thing for those that are on a good run of form? Is there, is there anything to read into that, do you think? Um, I think I think that the break has probably done the teams that were struggling quite uh, quite a lot of good because not only, obviously, in this country um, right now in the, in the Premier League, Obviously, the players are training at home by themselves, but in the Bundesliga, they've been in the training ground and around each other for the last month. Um, it's allowed the the coach to perhaps address some things that, that the team's been doing wrong, um, to bring in some new ideas, perhaps um, new systems. So basically, they've they've had a month really to work on uh, on new game plans, try and sort things out, get familiar fam- familiarize the new players um, that perhaps joined in January. Um, it basically was like a, it's like a pre-season. Um, that, that's the way I'm looking at it. The, the teams have had a pre-season um, and they start again fresh uh, this weekend with the games kicking off. Uh, but the teams that were in the rut, I, I think it's done them the world of good to have a couple of um, a couple of months off uh, just to reassess, see what they're doing wrong, try and fix things. Um, and you know, you've got nine games left of the season. If you're at the top of the table, you've got to try and progress and win the, win the league. If you're at the bottom of the table, you've got nine games to save your season. So, um, yeah, I think it's done them a lot of good to um, to have that time off. Frankfurt could be one of those teams. Like we said, they were really struggling prior to the break. Um, you know, but th- they were a team that were focusing all their efforts on the Europa League. So they came through a, a really good tie with um, it was Salzburg that they beat over two legs. A team that obviously pushed Liverpool really close in their Champions League group. And they actually like went past those. They, they beat Salzburg over two legs, which is... You know, it shows you that Frankfurt are, when they want to be, a really good team. Hopefully, now they've had a bit of a break, they can kick on and, and show that um, you know, to the rest of Europe because the entire of Europe is, is watching. Well, now we've got Cologne versus Mainz and a really important match for the away side here. We've, we've already mentioned that Dusseldorf are close behind them in 16th, so Mainz will, will want to start the season up again in good form and, and not risk dropping into that that relegation playoff spot. I think it's it's going to be a challenge for them because Cologne, have, they've had a real turnaround in form in the second half of the season. I mean, it's quite quite remarkable when you look at it. They lost 10 of the first 14 matches and then have won eight of their last 11 and the three losses in that run came against the teams in the top four of the league. Despite that good run, though, the market does seem to be wary of the extended break. Cologne are still the favourites at 
at 2.06, suggesting a 47% chance of, of victory. The draw and mines are pretty much evenly priced at 3.66 and 3.67 respectively, and that equates to around 26-27% chance. There, betters are looking for the over in this one. Does does Infogold agree with that? Are you looking more towards the one x two or or maybe both? Yeah, we, we probably both. Um, from a from a numbers perspective, it's definitely both. Um, you mentioned there, Colm, forty seven percent chance of getting the win on the market. We've got them at forty eight percent chance, so it's quite tight. But there is a small amount of value there if, if a team if, if someone is is looking at backing FC Colm, and um, you know they'd be they'd be you know will not put anyone off back in them. They, they've been sensational in the second half of the season. Obviously, you've said the eight wins in 11 matches lifted them up to 10th in the table. Um, and, you know, they're one of only nine teams to be um, have a positive expected goal difference at this stage of the season, which you know, is, is no mean feat. And that, that run of form really has got them out of trouble because if you take just before that, that, that run started, they were in the bottom three. They were really struggling, and now they're within uh, five points of the top six. So they're, you know they're they're a team that are going places. They could potentially crash the Europa League, um, but on a game by game basis, what we've seen from them has been, um, or the main point of their success has been the defence. In the last um, six games in the league, obviously you've said they had two defeats there to Bayern Munich and, and Borussia Mönchengladbach, but in the in the other four games in which they've won, they've conceded fewer than one expected goal in, in all four of them. So the defence has, has really been the turning point of their season. Um, and it's something that I think will continue here. Mainz are, are a team that are struggling. They are, they're they're well in the relegation battle and, and trying to just stay above Fortuna Dusseldorf. The, you know, what we saw last season with the relegation playoff place was, um, you know, was Union Berlin actually beating Stuttgart to, qualify, to uh, get promoted back to the, um, back to the Bundesliga, Mainz will want to avoid that. Um, but from an underlying numbers perspective, their issue has been defensive. 1.9 expected goals against per game, which is one of the highest in the league. Um, but, you know, the, there's been a little bit of misfortune there. Um, they've conceded more than what would have been expected um, and, and conceded fewer. So from an expected goals point of view, they're actually a, a mid-table team that sit just above the drop zone. So the... Mainz aren't as bad as the numbers would suggest. Colna are potentially better um, than the numbers suggest because obviously we've said that they've, they've clicked into gear over the last um, 10 games rather than um, if you're looking at over the course of the season. So um, it's a really interesting game to to look at. Obviously, from a home home team perspective, I think FC Colna have got one of the better home records in the league. Yeah, the seventh best home record in the league, six wins in 12, um, picking up 19 points. They're a side that are going in the right direction. Mainz decide that are desperate for the win. Um, so there's a small amount of value there in backing Cullen. And, and as for the goals market, you said over two and a half is getting a bit of action. Um, we, we think that that's fair. We've got a 63% chance of over 2.5 goals. Um, both teams to score, I think the market's around 62%. We're, we're, we're pretty much the same as well. So uh, the main value really is to get on side with FC Cullen um, and the over two and a half goals. Well, now we've got Union Berlin, who who hosts the league leaders, one of Europe's most dominant teams in, in Bayern Munich. Not that anyone needs reminding, and this historical data isn't very useful at this time, but I mean, seven league titles on the spin, eight of the last 10 and, and 29 in total. I mean, it really gives you a, a clear indication of how dominant Munich have been. It is, as we've said plenty of times, fairly close at the top of, this, top of the table, but 
Bayern Munich still projected to win and, and likely do it quite comfortably if they carry on playing the way they do. Almost 80% chance of a win for them here. They they dominate most teams, but their, their head-to-head record against Union Berlin is is pretty daunting for the home team. 11 wins in the last 12 in, in matches between these two. I guess anyone that's that's looking at the odds of 13.47 on Union Berlin, that's just below 7% chance. They'll, they'll probably be pointing towards the, the two home wins against Borussia Dortmund and, and Mönchengladbach. They obviously stand out. Are they anomalies? But how does InfoGoal view this one? Is it is it as one-sided as, as Pinnacle has it? Yes, yeah, it is. Um, we're actually slightly um, slightly less optimistic about Bayern Munich chances. I say optimistic, 80% chances. Not really optimistic. But we're, we're, we're around 76 77% of a Bayern Munich win. Um, you know, Union Berlin, you've said there, they've already taken a few scalps at home this season. Um they shouldn't be underestimated from an expected goals point of view. They're seventh in our in our XG table, so uh, where they sit eleventh in the league right now. So they, they you know, they they should be higher in the table. They're um, you know, they create good chances defensively. They're perhaps not as good as as what um, as what their um, performances, uh, sorry, results suggest, conceding f- uh, four fewer than would be expected. Um, but like you've said, at home this season they've been, um, you know, they've been really really good to watch. They've been really exciting and they've taken some um, some big scalps I think they're a team that um, probably the opposite to Paderborn in the sense that Paderborn just go toe-to-toe with every team I think Union are a little bit more smart and um, um, and careful um, with their approach to the, these sorts of games looking to play on the counter-attack um, and, that, and that's why what I think will happen here and that's why I think that at the very least Union Berlin will be getting on the score sheet in this one um, you've said Bayern Munich looking for an eighth straight title. They've won 10 of the last 11 Bundesliga games. So they were a team that were really in you know, immense form heading into the uh, the fourth suspension. Um, and their underlying numbers are you know, almost out of this world compared to the rest of the Bundesliga. They're averaging over three expected goals per game, conceding just uh, 1.27. So an expected goal difference per game of 1.77, which is um, you know, 0.6 more than the next best, which is RB Leipzig. So they're... they're Performing at levels that um, you would expect to see from a team in in a league that isn't very competitive, so like a PSG in Liga, and uh, is is the closest comparison I can find. Um, but Bayern Munich are playing at um, an extremely high level under Hansi Flick. Um, the scoring goals for fun, but they're not quite um, as solid at the back as as what they perhaps have been in in the past. So they do concede goals, um, and you know that they do concede chances. Union Berlin create chances and that's why I think that especially at um, at Union Berlin's um, home stadium I think that there's going to be uh, both teams to score in this game and and you know the, compared to the the market the market's around 50% chance of that happening um, the Infocom model's at 60% so we, we think there's a you know pretty decent price discrepancy there um, from from what our model predicts co- compared to what's available so both teams to score is the uh, is the major value play in this one. So our final game of game week 26 in the Bundesliga is Werder Bremen versus Bayer Leverkusen. I, th- I think we kind of talked about it before. Werder Bremen, they're so used to them being a, a mid-table, even perhaps competing for European spots. To see them drop away is is really disappointing. And it's it's probably a bit unfair based on how they've performed this season. And it's it's really been the recent form that's seen them drop away at the foot of the table one point from their last six matches before the season was postponed and, and they conceded 14 goals in that period. So 
like we we're saying, potentially a break could could benefit them, but the worry is going to be that they've they've really struggled against the better teams in the league. They've they've only had one win against teams in the that are currently in the top half, so doesn't really bode well for them coming up against Champions League chasing by Leverkusen. They're they're two points off Gladbach in fourth, three off Leipzig in third, and and four off Dortmund in second. So any slip ups from those teams up there and and this weekend could could really help Leverkusen. No surprise that they're they're heavily fancied here to get the the win on the road at Bremen. Odds of 1.781, that translates into a 55% chance of victory. The home side of 4.55, which is 21%, and the draw is 3.97, and and that's just under 24%. So final one for the weekend. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, this is a a very fascinating matchup, really. Like you've said, the break probably, well, let's hope it's done Werder Bremen um, some good, given the the state of play that that they're in at the moment. But, um, you know, you said it there. They're in almost a false position. They play. They performed like a, a bottom half team this season, but not one that should be in the bottom three. The fourteenth in our expected goals table. Um, one thing they have struggled with is scoring goals and creating chances. So they've, they've averaged just one point two five expected goals for per game. That's the um, the second worst. Sorry, third worst um, expected goals for process in in the Bundesliga. Um, and they've conceded an average of just 1.8 expected goals against per game. Now, that sounds like a lot. Um, but when you put it in the context of the entire league, it isn't. Um, uh, it's, it's definitely not um, as much as what it sounds like. I've, I've seen Augsburg have, uh, have conceded more than them. Mainz have conceded more than them. Hoffenheim, Paderborn, Freiburg and Fortuna. So that's what's the seventh worst um, process in the league defensively. So what we're seeing from them is... is they're probably an, an average team in defence, um, but their main struggles have come creating chances in, in attack. They might be helped by playing against this Leverkusen team, though. Um, obviously, they are chasing Europe, like you've said. They're, they're on an extremely good run before the break. They've won seven of the last nine matches. Um, obviously, they were still in Europa League as well. I think they was it Rangers that they went and beat in the in the Europa League just before the, the leagues were suspended. Um, so they were in really good form. Um, but one thing that, that is really interesting about Bayer Leverkusen when looking at the expected goals table is that, um, so if you just look at the raw table um, from an away results perspective, Bayer Leverkusen have got the second best away record in the league, picking up 22 points from seven, uh, from 12 matches. From an expected goals point of view, they've actually got a, an expected goal difference of minus 5.3, which is the ninth worst process on the road this season. So, um, while their results suggest they're a really good travelling team, their expected goals performances suggest that that is not the case whatsoever. So Werder Bremen can take, you know, some hope uh, from that. And you know, the, looking at the one x two market, it's a really tight game to call. We've got the percentages pretty much in line with with uh, what's available. Fifty four percent chance of a Leverkusen win, um, which I think is the same as the market, which means a forty six percent chance. Werder Bremen or the draw, which is what we're giving. Um, I, I, to be honest, wouldn't put anyone off siding with Werder Bremen in this one. I know that, that everything that you see on the results page points towards going as far away from Werder Bremen as possible, but their underlying performances haven't been as bad as results suggest, and Bayer Leverkusen's underlying performances haven't been as good as results suggest. So um, something probably has got to give here, whether it is a slight regression to the mean in, in one t- one team's favour, or if Leverkusen just turn up and, and actually get a, a, a result that they deserve. 
In the goals market, again, we're pretty much in line with what's available in the market. 60% of over two and a half goals, um, which is, like I said, pretty much in line, uh, and a 59% chance of both teams to score. So we think there's going to be uh, goals. It's an entertaining Monday night football is what we're expecting. But I wouldn't put anyone off um, siding with Werder Bremen to cause a bit of an upset. Well, there we go. All that's left to do now is is get those bets on if you haven't already. Sit back, relax and enjoy the return of elite level domestic soccer. It's It's been a pleasure as always, Jake. Cheers for coming on and, and helping our listeners with their predictions for this weekend's Bundesliga fixtures. Thanks. Happy to help. And yeah, happy hunting. Thanks everyone for taking the time to listen. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. If you do want more information on InfoGoal or you want to look at their numbers in more detail, you can visit infogold.net, follow at InfoGoal app on Twitter and download the app on iPhone and Android. They've also had several new updates to the app, including a revamped look, enhanced form guide with expected goals drop down and an over-under and both teams to score percentage filters. The Bundesliga odds are now available on pinnacle.com, so best of luck with any bets and as always, please remember to gamble responsibly.